All right, guys, Greg Scheinman here, Midlife Mail Podcast. As always, thank you for joining me. It means so much to have your support. Really appreciate getting those emails, those messages, um, y'all reaching out through social media, keeping the Midlife Mail movement growing. It's because of all of you that I get to continue to do this. Please spread the word. Let's keep things again moving forward. Head over to gregscheinman.com to subscribe to the podcast and my weekly newsletter as well. This week, I have got Harry Arnett joining me on the pod. Harry is an incredible global marketing background. He is now the CEO of Municipal. We're going to get into that, which is an amazing um, sport utility apparel line that he has partnered with Mark Wahlberg on. And we'll get into Harry's entire story on that. His background, all right, he holds an MBA from Duke University. He did his undergrad at Emory in Atlanta. I spent some time down at Emory in Atlanta, had some buddies that went to school there, some really great meals at the old Buckhead Diner. Um, Tough to swallow the Duke thing as a Michigan guy, go blue still. Um, Harry then went on. He had roles at Russell Corporation, Tinwood Media Ventures, Taylor Made, Adidas, Ashworth Golf, and then seven years running marketing for Callaway Golf. Pretty amazing. Um, he got to know Mark Wahlberg. There was this idea and this name, Municipal for what has now become the brand. You can check it out at municipal.com. Super cool stuff. Uh, I got first introduced to Municipal through my training partner, good buddy Lionel McBee comes over to the house. He's rocking Municipal. I'm like, what is that? Got to get some of that. Got to check it out. So I dug in, uh, learned what I could, reached out to Harry. He was cool enough to agree to come on the show. And here we are. Um, chance to record this while I was in Miami Beach. It's been a nice couple of days to be down here on the beach, getting a little R&R, seeing some friends, seeing some clients, and recording some content. So with that, let's get to it. This week's episode, Midlife Mail Podcast, Harry Arnett, CEO, co-founder of Municipal. Harry, good morning. Hey, Greg. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Hey, I really appreciate you uh, you coming on the show, giving me some time. Um, it's it's really awesome what, what you're up to. Um, and, and I'll tell you, I found out about Municipal um, from my training partner, my buddy Lionel McBee, who comes over and we were training in my garage. And one day he shows up and I'm like, what are you wearing? You know, what is that? And it's, and he's head to toe municipal on there and he's telling me about it and I'm looking at it and I'm like, okay, I got to learn more about this. I got, I got to get into, to what this is all about. Cause I'm a gearhead. Um, anything when it comes to performance apparel, health, wellness, lifestyle. It's like, how did I not know about this? So that's how I learned of, of what you guys are up to. That's one of the coolest things about a startup and especially starting something from scratch that never existed before is hearing stories like what you just shared of people that have organically found the brand. And I've worked at places in the past that were pretty well established 
brands and you don't hear those stories at all because people, you know, the brands have been around forever, but it's really cool when something starts from scratch that you start to see the foundations of who the fans are of the brand and who are the early discoverers of the brand. Um, and nowadays it's real time. It's so it's, it's one of the most fun parts about doing this. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I really, I really kind of geek out on finding these emerging brands and products that are out there, you know, putting them to the test, checking them out, learning more about them. So I dug in a little bit, um, you know, checked out your website, your Instagram, uh, your Twitter activity and everything. You've got an unbelievable background, my man. Congratulations on all your success. Yeah, thanks. And of course, none of that means anything these days because it's all about what's next. But um, yeah, I mean, I think that every, every starting a company, I'm 50 years old, Greg, was certainly something that I've always wanted to do. I'd never envisioned that I would do it sort of in the third act um, of my you know professional career. But in a weird way, I'm really glad that I did wait because a lot of the experiences I've had, I've been able to apply um, to, to this startup. And that was particularly meaningful this year because obviously with all of the challenges and headwinds that have hit just on a, on a, on a business level because of the quarantine um, has really challenged me and our team to rely on the things that, um, that we know are just fundamental. And, you know, a lot of times you can say, you, you can say to young folks, you, you should be guided by your values. You should, you should stay um, core to what your, your truths are. But I think a lot of, really believing that and knowing that that will ultimately guide you through good times and bad comes from maturity and experience. So um, I guess that's my my way of, of get, cutting myself from sl- some slack for not doing it for a little bit later in my life. <laughs> and, and well-deserved slack. So you mentioned and you said, okay, this is you know your third act. And I do want to get into your, your first and second act a little bit. Um, yeah. But I want to touch a little bit on your decision-making process. You know, at, at 50, and you said having gone through, you know, first and second act, what was your decision-making process to finally take that leap into entrepreneurship? Well, I think that I was in a really comfortable job that I loved. Um, I was an executive at, you know, pretty a pretty large um, consumer products company in sports, Callaway Golf, a brands that I, I still love. Um, I was surrounded by people that, uh, that I respected, admired, but fundamentally when I would think about my, my future there and the challenges that I would be facing, um, as an executive, I, it really dawned on me that it wasn't really what I wanted to do the rest of my life. And then it begged the question, um, and I, I sort of got this from um, Jim Cook, who started Boston Brewing back, you know, 35 years ago, 40 years ago. His decision making of leaving kind of a similar situation, a comfortable, a comfortable, well-paying job, um, and he asked himself the same question, which was, "I don't want to do this the rest of my life." So that 
pretty much means I, I really shouldn't be wanting to do this tomorrow. <laughs> so I, I really, that really resonated with me. And, um, it's funny how when you're, when you're open to ideas and when you're open to change, how, how many, uh, how your, your, your learning valve really opens, you know? So I started to really think a lot about the things that had been holding me back to that point and ultimately kind of gauging the difference between um, fear and danger, you know, like I always equated like fear and danger being the same thing is to really unpack what's the downside of jumping in and leaving the comfort of uh, career comfort into trying something new. And ultimately the the upsides far far outweighed the downsides and i'm not even talking about the financial upsides i'm just meaning the the opportunity to build a team the opportunity to um to to create something new that had never existed before that that really appealed to my uh to my creators my creative sense and um and ultimately just challenging myself to, to go for it and to have that attitude of, of as long as I'm moving forward, I'm open to learning and the experience itself is, uh, success or failure would be valuable to me from a learning experience. Um, that's ultimately what I think was the catalyst to make the, to make the move and, Mm -hmm. um, and to not, to try to make things a lot more concrete than just abstract. You know, the more concrete I made things and really tried to, to break them apart down and break them up into their parts to, to really, you know, in some place, in some cases, even quantify them, the less, um, the less scary it got. Certainly. Do you, do you have kind of a personal and professional, if you really break it down, kind of checklist? Okay. You know, whether it's, family, uh, discuss, you know, discussing it personally with the family, uh, financial. Okay. Here's, here's what we need creative, you know, how boxes that it can check. I know when I, when I sold my last company and I was transitioning and thinking about what to do next. And I kind of went the opposite way, went from entrepreneur to joining an established company. And I was going down the checklist myself personally, professionally, can I actually do this, you know, mentally, you know, physically work for somebody else thinking about the, you know, trying to quantify things. Oh, well, there's upside here. There's residual income or there's this, you know, the risk reward scenarios. Do you have kind of a a checklist? Do you have a a mentor, even a coach or anybody you work with to run stuff by? Yeah, definitely. I do have a, I've had a, um, a professional executive coach for 15 years and, um, Coincidentally, he was the first person that I hired into this venture also. So um, definitely a, a person to talk through. That makes, I mean, I, I'm always surprised when people don't have somebody uh, either formally or informally that they can talk through issues on. And of course, my wife that's been married almost 20 years is my, my partner in all of this. And so we talked about a lot of things um, and ultimately, I think that's kind of what I was getting back to of having taken an entrepreneur, um, an entrepreneurial um, departure on my career. 
at this point in my in my life was is really um, kind of a nice thing because at this point I sort of know pretty well the the types of uh, the types of um, the variables that I need to be successful and happy both personally and and professionally. So in creating something from scratch, one of the fun things was getting to know that ahead of time so that we could build. I could really build my own environment from the ground up. Um, Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I mean, absolutely. um, Really understanding and appreciating how, what my value system is, the types of things that I need to be successful and happy. And those two things are obviously like closely tied together. And then trying to create the opportunities that fit those things. And, um, I, d- I definitely would, if, that, if there's one thing I would tell younger people is that's the most important thing to sort out as quickly as you can. And obviously that'll evolve when you're 25. Family probably isn't number one on your list as it would be when you're 35 and have kids. But the, the, the more that you can, the more that you can identify what are the things that are really the most important to you and layer that over the things in the dynamics that allow you to be successful. That's really going to supercharge your, of course, your performance, but your, your happiness. Sure. Do you have kids? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. How how old are your kids? Do I have kids? I have two, (laughs) two, two kids. I have two, uh, two teenagers, two teenage girls. Okay. Don't care at all about any of this crap we're talking about. Not (laughs) a bit. They, they only think about 24 hours ahead. So, uh, yeah, it's a, it's so a I've, yeah, I've got two teenage boys myself. <laughs> yes. um, so they don't even think 24 hours ahead of time. No, if I can even get them out of bed, sometimes it's a, it's a great day, <laughs> you know, huge win. Huge win. Yep. <laughs> Especially now with these split days of school that they're in and it's just, um, it, it's completely different, but you know, you were, you were talking about, you know, if you could find these things earlier, you know, in life again, or that balance of happiness and what's important to you also. I also feel like, you know, as our kids get older and they're teenagers and now we're thinking about college, you know, and it's only four years until, you know, as my wife and I talk about only four years until we're, we're empty nesters. Again, they're both gone in school and obviously they come home. Um, But as you enter that third act also, that's a lot of time, you know, we have, you know, um, thinking about, again, how much life is ahead of us and how much time and bandwidth we have. And again, how much more important it becomes to do things that we enjoy doing. Mm-hmm. Is that critical? Critical. You know, I, that was really one of the, the driving forces to have me make a change like I made um, was thinking of of it as that the duality of what you talked about, which is time is, is really such a finite, um, a finite thing, but also we have a lot of it. And the, the, the timelines that we typically adhere to and think about are purely timelines that are, um, ones, you know, are just paradigms that, that we've been adhering to. So 
even my my language, I mean, just going back like third act, like who, who's to say this is my third act? And how many mm-hmm. acts are there? There could be a hundred acts. Yep. You know, and who knows how long, um, who knows how long municipal will be a part of, of, um, of my career. And there's the, the, the key there is to find what works for you. And, um, I think, you know, I think that's maybe what you're saying to, to really enjoy and live every day to the, to the fullest extent that you can, um, and appreciate the, the, you know, appreciate the journey. I know that's a cliche, but that's, that's really, it's really true is that the, 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 the most happy that you're going to be is, is doing that. I think. No, I, I couldn't agree more. And I think now more than ever, we do have more time. I mean, we've gotten so much more time back, um, you know, by necessity. And at the same time, um, geography is really no longer a limiting factor, you know, to things we're all in the same boat there. Um, if you're capable and you can perform and now you can work with anybody anywhere, you know, that's, that's being proven. And I also feel like, you know, and I put myself into this bucket that, you know, I've maybe have grown more slowly, um, in there, but the experiences that I've had, whatever timetable I've been on have helped me feel, better, stronger, healthier, and more capable now at 48, you know, I'm getting close to the, to, to the five Oh, um, and feel like that next chapter has so much opportunity to be the most fulfilling chapter. Um, and where we can you know live longer again, perform better, use the experiences that we've had from the past. Fortunately, maybe we've got a few more bucks in our pocket. You know, we've raised our kids, you know, up yeah. and it's kind of like, Oh, wow. Like, there's so much upside ahead. Well, now you're now you're hitting the bullseye of what municipal is all about. And one of the um, when we started this brand, uh, it really we were thinking of it much more as as an an ideal and a and a community than we even were about what what the products are, what the services are that we're going to be offering. And one of one of our our partners, one of the founders, is is Mark Wahlberg, who really lives the the ethos of the brand, which is exactly what you just described. Which is no matter who you are, or where you are, or how you were brought up, or how old you are, you have you still have time, and you have the potential for to to achieve your own version of your own full potential, and. Our, our goal was to using all of the things that are available to us um, via social media, uh, other types of media, um, in just all the ways that we can engage with a broader, a broader um, public is to create a path where people really appreciated exactly what you just said, which is the only thing, honestly, that's holding any of us back is ourselves from pursuing that. And I've kind of lived through that my last, you know, last two or three years of my life, which, which, um, you know, ironically, hitting kind of that midpoint of 50, as I described earlier, is, is really appreciating that the best is yet to come. My, my best certainly isn't in my rearview mirror. 
And even when, even when we get to the point where the, the, the hours that we're spending on certain things start to wane, whether that's career or, um, or relationships or whatever, as you, as you kind of grow up, that the, the, all that's really important is today and what you're, what you're planning to do to create a better future. That was yep. what municipal was all about. And from, from the, the, our perspective too, we really felt very strongly that that starts with getting yourself physically equipped for the journey. So physical fitness and wellness. And, and of course, when I say physical, we also firmly mean the mental part of that too, because mental health is, is just health. So that, yeah. that's how the brand started. No, I think it's, it's spot on. Um, and I know you mentioned Mark Wahlberg. Well, Mark is the quintessential to me, midlife male, you know, on the, on the, oh, yeah. on, on the younger side, but certainly, you know, a guy out there that, uh, I emulate look to, um, and I really think that this category, maybe because I'm also smack dab in the middle of it, but what, what I'm seeing, um, is this category of, of men that are really at the forefront right now, Mark being one of them, probably right, right at the top, but we're seeing this, I think more than ever, you're seeing your, your Tom Brady's, your Mark Wahlberg's, your Tim McGraw's, I mean, more 40 and 50 plus year old guys on the covers of health and wellness magazines. Now, you know, that, that demographic is getting a lot of attention and the evolution of these men that have gotten stronger, faster, healthier, um, better equipped again mentally, physically, uh, with their families that they're out at the forefront right now. I mean, it's just the landscape has completely changed from what you used to see. I think content-wise and the type of individuals or and demographics that were being put out there, uh, it's it's really very interesting. I mean, I guess you you guys must have your finger on the pulse on all that through municipal as well. But are you seeing that and feeling that too? Yeah, two, there are two things really that are that that happen. I think, and you and I are are obviously in this in this camp by virtue of where we are um, age wise and career wise. But there's two things that kind of happen, um, and I'll I'll just use like the plainest dumb dumb language. One is what's the point of achieving professional or career success if you feel like shit. So <laughs> what's yeah. the point? What's the point? And even if you're like, you know, you mentioned like Tom Brady and Mark, like what's the point in literally being able to do anything that you want, but not wanting to do it because you feel like crap. So that's, that's obvious. The second thing um, that's kind of going on is, and you see, you def, this is definitely Mark's story and, and it's one that is, is inspirational to me and I think probably to everyone else is as Mark, as Mark achieved extraordinary professional success in, um, in the narrowest, in his narrow field. And I don't mean narrow field to denigrate entertainment. I just mean it just as an industry, you know, incredible success in his industry as he went through his twenties and thirties and all the trappings and, um, success that came from that, both intrinsic and extrinsic, international celebrity and fame, and of course the 
the money that comes along with that, the rewards, he really, he really started to appreciate that he wanted to think about every day going forward, dedicating um, his energies to something bigger than himself and even to go outside of his family. And Mark is the ultimate family man. He's got four kids. He's been uh, married for you know almost 20 years himself. And But using his platform to help a, a broader segment of people. And that really started to inform his, his decision-making on the types of things that he wanted to be involved in. And Municipal is certainly an example of that because, um, as you would expect, Mark's had all kinds of opportunities to be an ambassador for brands um, for the last 20 years. You name it, the brands have reached out to want to put him on billboards. And as somebody himself guided by his own values, he he really didn't want to do something that was lending his likeness or his celebrity to a cause that wasn't close to his own. Um, and so those two things, the the desire to um to keep yourself physically and mentally fit and capable and strong plus the 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 yearning burn to to be of service to something bigger than yourself coming together i think is 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 a guiding principle for a lot of people that leads towards that that uh the shangri-la that we're talking about of professional and personal happiness yep now i've always kind of said one of you know my ethos, you know, statements and all this, you know, can you combine personal passion with professional expertise? You know, I'm constantly saying, okay, you know, in, in my industry, which is now insurance and risk management, look, everybody has to have it. It's a question of who they're going to get it from, you know, overall, um, you know, in there and you can insure anything. So for me, it's been, okay, what am I passionate and interested in? You know, I always kind of come back if you can, you know, eat it, drink it, wear it, you know, work out with it, anything in those worlds, you know, that's where, where my passion is. That's what I'm reading about. I'm studying, I'm taking, I geek out and, you know, hack all of those things. I said, okay, well, that's where I want to focus my time and energy to try to be involved with those people and those brands because, you know, they're like-minded, similar lifestyles. Um, I mean, if it's a client and you probably dealt with this, it, it, in the golf world and everything, you know, some clients want to be on the golf course. Some guys want to go out at night, you know, some yeah. guys, now if you want to meet for a work, look, I'm all for sweat working versus network. Let's go for the run or the bike. I, like that. I want to write that down yeah. or, or the workout. I mean, I think it's a huge, huge thing um, that over time, you know, my business, my clients, my focus have shifted towards, um, you know, all of my personal passions and the reward again, personally and professionally has just been so much greater. Well, you know, again, to see a guy show up wearing, you know, wearing your gear, you know, and said, okay, great. What's behind the company? What's behind the people? Or, oh, what are you eating? You know, what are you doing? I'll follow a guy like Mark and be like, okay, that's interesting. Let me check out F45, you know, or let me right. take a look at this water, you know, or let me, let's, let's pay attention to that stuff. Yeah. I, I, I would introduce the third ring to that. Um, that you were describing is if you can, if you can, you know, f link your passion with your talent, 
and then introduce the third thing, which is a sense of purpose, which mm. is when you're younger, I think when you're younger, Greg, you, you, you confuse ambition with purpose and, yeah. and ambition is really important. But I think if you can, if you can have, if you can have your purpose override ambition and plug that into your passion and talent, then those are, that's really the formula to me to, to, you'll never feel like you're working another day in your life. And if you're somebody that's, that's, um, that's concerned or, uh, your goal orientation is, is financial. Uh, again, I say this as somebody that's looking a little bit retrospectively, the, the financial rewards come when you've linked those three things together. You know, you don't, you don't, you don't do the, you don't chase the financial part and then try to figure out the third part. You'll, you'll always be out of balance, but those two things together are, are critical. And that's, um, I think that's what you're saying. Like, you know, you're, your description of of why of what supercharges your day is at at some level and you didn't say it is thinking about the the services that you provide with you know professionally because you're good at it so that's that's your talent and you have a real passion for that work and when you think about what that work provides it really provides a peace of mind and a, uh, uh, a a real value to your customers. And that's could, what could not have said it better. I mean, that's what you get up for, you know, in the exactly. morning. And it's like, that's why you're excited to answer the phone when you see, you know, whose name it is, you know, that's coming up on the caller ID um, because you want to be helpful. You know, that's your purpose. You want to add value. Um, you want to be a part of that. Um, and that, you know, and that fills the tank, you know, it doesn't empty it. Like, like otherwise you said, you mentioned, you know, never feeling like you're working again, you know, when it's filling your tank versus emptying it and the energy is just increasing, um, you know, versus, versus, you know, just feeling drained all the time, you know, from yeah. the effort. I think that's, that's when, you know, when you found the purpose, you know, when you're on, when you're certainly on the right path, um, in there. Now you, you nailed, you nailed it. Um, let me ask you this. You, you've obviously had a success, successful run, um, incredibly creative marketing background. And as you said, you've worked for some of the biggest brands that were out there, TaylorMade, Callaway Golf, um, and you've done some super creative things, which I want to touch on, you know, there, you mentioned earlier, um, you know, about, tomorrow, you know, once you realize you don't want to maybe do it or you want to do something else, you know, then, you know, when did the tomorrow become today for you? I mean, like how long were you, did you make the decision before you actually kind of left the position you were in and settled on municipal, you know, being it? Because that's a question I get a lot from guys like, oh, well, you know, it's all about timing, you know, well, when do I, when do I leave or can I leave or the timing is not right or I haven't done this, you know? And, and again, you're in a, you're in a great spot, you know, an, an, yeah. an enviable spot to probably yeah. almost anybody from the outside looking in. Yeah. And, 
that's the fear versus danger thing. And um, I, I have a remarkable uh, ability to talk myself out of doing anything. So, <laughs> so I recognize that about myself. And I also, I also have lived with some sense of regret, honestly, because um, one of, I think one of my, my talents is, is my, my creativity and, and ability to think kind of strategically, an innate ability to think strategically um, in the consumer sense of, of things that would be of value to consumers. And the, the part that's frustrated me is when I've seen new businesses or new ideas that pop up that were things that were not out of left field for me. So um, what I mean by that is, is there a dozen or more kind of new brands that popped up or businesses that popped up, which were things that I had also been thinking about. And I always kicked myself of like those people not only had the idea, but they were um, they were courageous in pursuing the idea just full stop. And so I, it took me a long time to confront the, confront the things that were holding me back. If that mm-hmm. makes sense. So no, it, it makes perfect sense. Yeah. And it's not a fun conversation, Greg, because a, a, a person, you know, it's not a fun conversation to have with yourself is to really allow yourself to be self-critical, but also in a way that's going to be not just informative, but a catalyst to get you off your ass and get going. And so that was a journey. And of course, like, of course, shit pops up that gets in the way, like kids, you you have kids and then your, your risk calculus gets, your risk calculus changes and your risk profile. Now I'm talking your language, right? And and (laughs) your risk, your risk tolerance changes and you have, you can't, you can't just be thinking of your own needs um, all the time, but ultimately the, the, the push off of that was was what I was kind of talking about with you a few minutes ago was was really understanding and appreciating the value the value that this experience would would give me both both professionally and emotionally um, that would be that would have some sort of would translate into something good for me, not, not even financially necessarily, but something good for me through the process, even if failure was in the cards in terms of, you know, municipal not making it. So Mm -hmm. I'll, let me, I'll explain that. So obviously if municipal makes it and I think it will, um, then this would all have been worth it on, every, every, every single measure. If municipal doesn't make it somehow it, it, it doesn't achieve the, 
the size or the the success that we think and um and the the opportunity cost of doing it over was more than the the true financial rewards that got it okay well what did i what 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 did i learn through this process that that learning will absolutely be of value to me on whatever comes next whether i want to start something again now i have this experience i'll be even that more um the probability of my success will be improved by having gone through this before to not make the same mistakes or the 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 experience itself will be of value to someone else if i if i want to jump back into a more established arena mm-hmm. so that's kind of i mean that's that's as simple as the as the the math got for me thinking about you know trying to trying to make the un, the unknown less scary sure how has your day changed like from you know, going to work, you know, if you will, at Callaway. I think you spent what seven plus years at yeah. Callaway, uh-huh. right? Yeah. To okay, like now I have municipal. You know, have you have you changed your day, your daily routine, um, your way of process of of performing? You know, and doing your duties. Has that changed? Yeah, a lot, and it, some of it is related to the fact that we've all everybody's work styles had to change because of the the quarantine and the coronavirus, but, mm-hmm. um, in a startup mode, one day is worth like a month for an established, an established company. And I'll, I'll just give you an example of like last week with, um, holiday, you know, typically you're in a big company, take a week off. No problem. Life goes on. Mm-hmm. Um, there's the, the clock the clock ticks a lot more loudly in a startup. <laughs> so I feel, I feel that and that took a lot. That took some getting used to, honestly, is I, f- I feel that, um, and I'm more comfortable with it now, but I feel that every day that every, every day has an impact on long-term value in a, in a much different way than it does when you're in a bigger, more established um, place that has a lot of scale is, is that the decisions that we make on a day-to-day basis tend to have a lot more impact into, into long-term future. And, um, and the way, so the way that I've kind of balanced that is to really, is to really try to understand, um, of all the decisions that, you make on a day-to-day basis uh and there are hundreds of them is really what are the ones that really do have a a significant impact on the long-term value and when you're that's the that's the and you've been involved in in startups before but that's the weird thing about a startup is you're you're there really is no midterm it's always like short-term and and long-term there's no midterm it's things you're doing today are really affecting your your short term competitiveness, your short term the short term results, whether it's sales or or however you're 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 measuring um, cash management, you know things that are really short, very very short term. Like I'll quantify that, like thirteen weeks, like that short term, you know, the quarter. 
Um, and even 13 weeks is starting to get into midterm. So it's like month, monthly, like we're looking at, we're looking at monthly cash flows for the first time in my career. Um, and then what are the things you're doing that are really creating long-term value for the business and the brand? So yeah. that's, that is, now you can imagine, all right, well, that's totally going to change how you, how you behave and how you interact and how you engage and, um, and the, the types of conversations and the types of encouragement that you have to give as a leader to the people that are a part of your organization, because just, I mean, I'm getting, I'm getting the cold sweats even talking about it with you because it's, it's pressure filled. <laughs> mm-hmm. so you feel, you feel a lot more, I definitely feel a lot more pressure, um, a lot more pressure than I ever have working in big organizations. But the fun part is I also feel like I'm a lot more in control of the outcome than I ever was in a big, in a big organization. Mm, that, that's, yeah, that's interesting in terms of, you know, controlling what you can control. Um, and there still are a, a large number of unknown factors that are out there that are beyond your control, but that's an interesting perspective to, to feel more in control in startup mode, you know, in, in a way, yeah. find that interesting. Are there, what do you do when you, when you feel that pressure? Um, no, are, are you a guy who meditates? Do you, sw- do you swim? Do you go out to play golf? You know, do you like, what's yeah. your, what are your mechanisms for dealing with pressure? Well, I, I have a stupid way of talking about it, but I think of it as purely tied to like my brain chemistry. <laughs> if I'm relaxed, if I'm in a good, a good routine physically with keeping, keeping um, disciplined with working out primarily um, a good mix of now I'm being really concrete, a big mix, a good mix of cardio and weight and stretch and flexibility um, that that gets my brain chemistry aligned to a place where I can, I can think about the, the three things we talked about before, which is constantly reminding myself when things feel pressure filled to get back to the mission of what we're trying to accomplish. And so for us, you know, that that's the vision of municipal the mission, how are we going to achieve it? And then personally on my personal, um, my personal value system in those, those three circles that, that we talked about with passion, talent, and ambition. And, you know, and I, I will, I will also, um, and that's a, it's a really nice thing of having some experience. I'll notice the, the, uh, the evidence that's, starting to accumulate that I'm staying uh, or that I'm, I'm falling into like this self-preservation mode of being trying to be as small as possible um, when things get a little bit scary or uncertain that in my, my, uh, my call to action on that is to, is to get moving and to play bigger when that happens, not to play smaller. So, you know, I, 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 I now can feel that, especially in a startup, because as I said, like everyday matters, 
I can feel that a lot more acutely um, in in more real time than I have in you know the past. Mm-hmm. Are you a morning workout guy or end of the day workout guy or or middle even? I'm I'm a little of both. Now I I'm uh I love to do my cardio in the morning, and it's I love to feel like when I'm and I'm a I like to run so outdoors. In, I'm in Southern California, so that's pretty much you can do that year round. I love that feeling of being the only one up and around, and you know it's just so peaceful to me to calm calm myself. <laughs> now I'm not setting any land speed records, Greg. So, <laughs> but you know that's that's really like my happy zone is is to get up early and and go for a run. Um, What's so, early for you? You know nothing crazy. I'm not like you know, 4am club, Mark Wahlberg style, but I'll get up at quarter to six, six o'clock. And I'll, that way I'll have my run in done before seven. And, you know, I just, I just feel so different on those mornings than on my, even my, my rest days when I don't, you know, just, it's all, like I said, it's all related to brain chemistry for me. So. Yeah. I think um, the mental aspect of it is, um, I mean, for me, it's even more, more beneficial and powerful than the physical. Yeah. Um, and I, when I do my when I do my weight training and flexibility and stuff, I like to do that in in, in the uh, late afternoon. So I just I never feel right doing weight training in the morning. That's where Mark and I are different. Markle Markle hit it hard at four a.m. You know I'm just I it's I like to be in kind of a uh, a little bit of a stupor when I'm running when I'm running at five forty five. I'll put the music no, on. And my I best lean more run, in your direction. Yeah, my my best runs are the ones when like all of a sudden I'm like, oh my god, I can't believe I finished. Like I've been just totally kind of <laughs> out of it, you know. Where weight training and the weight training and stretching and stuff that to me that it just takes more. Um, it takes more like mental engagement that I I am not prepared to do that early in the morning. You know, it's the interesting thing, and and you make a good point about you know you got to find what works for you. I mean, you can, you can look at all, all these other people around or follow or see, I mean, look, 4am may work for Mark. Terrific. Hey, to train with him, I'll put it out there. I'll go for it once. Okay. I can promise you I'm not joining the 4am club. Okay. But there's yeah. a chance to go at, to go at it with him. I would do it once at 4am, but you know, I tell people all the time and I still tell myself this too, like you got to find you know, what, what works best for you. Um, I can't train um, until you know I knock out some work first. I got to clear my head before I can before I can train. Otherwise, I'm thinking about work and thinking about emails to send or things to do. So I get up early, but you said I can't lift weight. You know, early in the morning, I can meditate. I can knock out emails. I can do work. I can kind of clear my plate and set the stage for the day. But I got to train more, you know, seven, eight o'clock in the morning yeah. at that point. Um, and I do think this is an age thing a little bit too. That like you, um, I do my my lifting when I'm lifting is much better, you know, in the late afternoon. I just think the body just takes a longer time to warm up, and by by mid to late afternoon, that's just when I'm feeling good enough to to do something heavy. I'm with you. I'm not, I'm not nearly as creaky around four o'clock as I, as I am at six in the morning. But exactly. I think what you said is like, you know, 
everyone listening should write that down because it's 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 really critical. One of one of my uh, one of my mentors, friends, mentors is a guy named David Novak, who's a was a CEO and chairman of a you know giant company, so seventy billion dollar company with hundreds of thousands of employees. And I asked him once, like, what's your routine? He's like, well. I, I, I plan, you know, he kind of was very pragmatic about it. He's like, I plan the next, I plan that day's work of the next day, the morning, the night before. And I think about the meetings that I'm going to have. And I think about how I want to perform in those meetings, how, what I want the outcomes to be. And I get really specific about that so that I know when I go into those meetings, what I want to achieve. And then, um, and then I try to get a good night's sleep and I wake up and I get a workout in. And I get some work done at the kitchen table. And then I, I go in and I, I usually arrive at the office around nine o'clock. Now that totally obliterated like my paradigm of what a big time Fortune 500 CEO was all about, right? I was like, wait, you get in at nine o'clock? Like that's, that, you might as well be getting in at 3 p.m. if you're getting in at nine, nine o'clock. How can you get in at nine o'clock? And he said, it's really important for the company that I lead to have me at my best. I was like, whoa, that's pretty cool. <laughs> that's pretty cool. He, I mean, he was really saying what you're saying, which is it's everyone has kind of their own way of, of building in whatever routine is going to work best for them. Now, in his case, he was the, he was the head, the big cheese. So the, the organization could flex around him. But as you're younger in your career, you don't necessarily have the ability to do that. But you got to find a, a way that works for you and the, and wherever you are so that you can be at your best. And I think we, you know, you and I were being really specific about times of day. And that's really important too, is like, if you're not a morning person, it's going to be really hard for you to get into a routine where you're feeling good about working out in the morning. Mm -hmm. I think it's everything. Fight it. Yes. And I mean, there's certain, to a certain degree, as you said, there, there are things that you can shift and there are compromises that we all have to make, you know, different ages and stages, you know, in there. But, you know, trying to be, you know, to be true to your your rhythm, you know, and again, what really works for you. And over time, um, you may get some greater flexibility or allowance to be able to do things at the times that work that work best for you. Um, all all vital. I want to shift it back um a little bit to the idea you know, of, of municipal. And you talked a little bit about, you know, the idea to execution was the idea for, you, for municipal always apparel or was it you three guys, you know, wanting to do something and there was a name or there was an ethos and there was something. And we talked about some, some different types of products and we, or, and we settled on apparel, you know, like what was the kind of take me through the the beginning stages of the brand or was it, yup, this is, this is a performance, you know, this is a performance sport utility gear company. And you, we knew that the whole time. If we ever write a book about it, it'll be the end of what you just described, but that's how everybody writes books. Um, it, no, no, not at all. We, it was Mark and our, the third founder is Mark's longtime partner, entertainment partner, a guy named Steve Levinson, Steven Levinson who everybody calls lab, um, they had the name. So they had this name municipal and their thought about it was pretty abstract of what, what it would be in terms of, um, 
as a as a brand. And I I met Mark almost 10 years ago and we would talk about brands from time to time and he he was a fan of the brands that I worked at. Um and so we were we had a we were we were used to talking about brands with one another which you know that's not really something that's all that natural to talk to somebody about. But we would talk about brands from time to time and brands we liked and why. And, um, he, Mark is, Mark is, is awesome to talk to because he's, he's like such an advocate of the things that he loves. So that was, uh, so he, we would talk about things all the time and, um, with sometime in the last like four or five years, he started to talk about this concept that he and he and Lev had called municipal. And their thought about it at the time was that it was it was one it was something pretty specific. And I when I was hearing them talk about it, I saw it as a much more as a much bigger thing. And um, and so I kind of reoriented the, the collective thinking to be something bigger more thinking kind of strategically about creating a vision that was broad enough where the impact that municipal had would be meaningful and not not just niche because i i thought that their idea was a lot bigger than a niche and um and so ultimately how does that form into a business plan we started to think about in order to kind of raise, raise some money for the, the idea, thinking of it as a, a way to really diverge and, and carve out a pretty significant portion of share in the athleisure market. And our, our thinking on that was that these athleisure brands that were successful and were, we're really kind of driving a lot of the athletic um, apparel space had gotten, had really had their focus had gotten so narrow that they were leaving a big opportunity for somebody to do something that was, um, that was more broadly appealing in term, just specifically in terms of when and how you would you would wear the stuff and that's just in the in the apparel space but mm-hmm. we, were, we were thinking about municipal as being as i was mentioning kind of a trojan horse in some way to really build a community around a lot of the values that you and i were just talking about and to be a driving force for people to make the meaningful the types of meaningful change in their lives that would lead to success and happiness um but all that all that came through a lot of discussion and open-mindedness to continue to move towards that vision of building a community, a global community of people that never stop pursuing their full potential um, and how we got there. So the idea, some of the language that you were talking about of, of okay, sport utility gear, that actually came after we had launched the business. So not, we didn't have products to sell yet, but we launched the business uh, or we 
you know, I started working at municipal. My last day at Callaway was um, end of August of 2019. I started pretty much the next day working on a municipal and sport utility gear as a descriptor for this idea came in like November. So mm -hmm. isn't that funny? What's the, what's the takeaway there? I, I just, I know there are a lot of ways to do startups. I'm always dubious of the startup that has like this crystalline vision of what they want to be. And it never changes through, through the, through the early stages. Cause I just, I believe in this concept that's values-based innovation and it's all about, how you collaborate with one another to solve problems. And, you know, the only thing you can do on your own is to, is to start an idea. Like the, you can't, you can't see an idea through its fruition without, without that kind of dynamic exchange of, of, um, of, you know, conversation and ideas. But I, uh, that, that was a really like, awesome three-month period at our inception when we were having to live with that with with the sort of the uncertainty of this of the now as we moved towards solidifying what it is we wanted to do so solidifying mm -hmm. in like an actual positioning and commercial strategy yeah i think one of the things that i really gravitated towards and you just uh you just touched on it, you know, that I see with municipal is that it as focused as it is, it's very accessible. You know, it just, it feels like a lifestyle brand for the values that we talked about versus that again, maybe very narrow, you know, funnel of, um, and maybe this is an age thing a little bit in the timing thing too, of, I just, don't need to see all my performance apparel necessarily. Um, all the ambassadors be exactly the same, you know, like, like yeah. in their twenties, crushing CrossFit workouts, you know, and like putting it all through the test every day and getting comfortable being uncomfortable and hustle and grind. And it's kind of like, just, it just kind of, it wears on you. You know what I mean? Yeah. A little bit. Versus yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, you know, we, that's, sustainability, not to cut your sustainability, longevity, next phase being the best phase. Like I, maybe I don't need my gear to, to be able to be put through battle, you know, if you will, you know, yeah. and by the way, workouts are not really battles. Like there are real warriors and heroes out there doing it, you know, killing yourself in the gym for an hour is completely different. Completely we, different. we always joke. There's this one image that every, um, every workout brand loves to show, which is like, the completely chiseled dude doing the um, work in the ropes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And the battle rope shot, of course. Battle <laughs> rope shot. So we always, we, we had a, a thing early is like no battle rope shots for municipal because we really wanted to, we really wanted to be the brand that was real stuff for real people doing real things. And we, we almost wanted to underplay the performance characteristics of our products as a, a zig from where all the other athleisure brands and athletic brands were going, which were like, you know, pretty, very performance and technical up front. Our stuff is very performance oriented and extraordinarily technical. We have a hundred years of experience in athletic and building athletic gear, but we wanted that to be secondary to the wearability and the comfort and the versatility because the lifestyle of the, the people that 
we think is more is more modern is not is not the chiseled dude working in some probably some working out in some kind of CrossFit environment doing the battle ropes, but it's 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 the guy or woman who's jumping out of the car from working all day, running into the gym, getting their workout in. They're probably having to run by the grocery on the way home. They're not changing all their gear into their specialized superhuman outfit to do any of that stuff. And again, I get back to Mark is like, Mark is a hyped version of that, but that's Mark's life. He's doing 30 things a day. He, the stuff you see him working out in at 4am is the same stuff you see him taking a meeting with a, a studio executive or jumping in a, jumping in a a car to go do his, his, his philanthropy work. And we wanted to be the brand of that mindset and having the gear at least that can go to and from the gym, of course, and everywhere in between. Um, And while you're doing it, you're going to be the most comfortable person in the room. And you're, because of that, you're going to feel like you can accomplish anything. That's kind of what our, our goal has been. So I'm glad to hear you say that's what you see because we never wanted to also, and you can see if you if you just look at our social and and our website, we don't use models. We use real people. So everybody you yeah. see are people are real real people. And even we we didn't even want to leave that to the imagination. We'll, we in almost every case we'll tell you who they are and what they do. <laughs> Which again, I think it makes it more relatable. It makes it far more authentic. I mean, you certainly have the global celebrity at the helm, you know, of the brand. You don't need more than that necessarily in there, but to humanize it and make it relatable. um, I think you guys have done a stellar job of it, you know, and I do think that while, let me see, at the, at the highest level, you know, Mark, Mark is when you talk about family and fitness and food and, uh, you know, and fatherhood and philanthropy and, and all of these other things. I think you throw all that stuff into to the bucket. And that's what we're all we're all wrestling and dealing with all the same stuff and trying to balance it. And, and that that lifestyle like it com- just comes across to me as healthy, you know, as opposed to fanatical in a way. Yeah. Um, or out of balance. And yeah. And that's what I just think is cool. And and we can geek out talking about brands all day long. Like, like you were saying with him, like I could do that all day in any, in any category. I just love that stuff. You know, why some are successful, some aren't, what the message is, how they transcend their respective industries or, or, or products, you know, to mean something. You know, I find that stuff fascinating. And you said it, your word was accessible. And I love that word um, is because we want to be, I've always I've always loved the brands that were aspirational and accessible at the same time, because generally those two things don't go together in the branded space. If you're aspirational, most brand managers will try to will try to interpret that as being luxury. And aspiration sort of means that it's only accessible to a few. And I always love brands that were able to marry the two things together, that were they were both premium and um, had a lot of value to the brand, but also really accessible to people. And the, the accessibility part, I think too, for us is, and this is why, um, you know, Mark is, Mark is, is so unique 
um, is Mark will, Mark will be the first to say if he can achieve success um, from his where he came from, his upbringing, from really being, you know, having nothing as a kid to what he has now, anyone can. It's just about inspiration, having a vision for yourself and being willing to put in put in the work. And that's that's what the municipal message is, is if you're willing to do the work, if you're willing to create a, a, a better vision for yourself and put a plan in place to go after it, you can achieve it. Yep. Well, well said. Tremendous message and, and ethos on the brand. Talk to me a little bit about some of your favorites. Maybe it's hard, you know, it's like trying to name your favorite kid. You oh, I, can do that. I can name my favorite kid if you want me to tell you who that is. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> well, I got a 50-50 chance if right. I was guessing also, okay? And, and so and so do you. Right. Um, but, you know, look, you're, you're 50, I'm 48. You know, it's not, again, all about all about age or anything. But I am cognizant to, you know, hey, what I can get away with in a way and maybe push it more than most in terms of, of wearing, you know, before yeah. you look like you're fucking trying too hard, you uh-huh. know, or you're, you're dangerously close to that midlife crisis thing, you know, and it doesn't look natural, authentic anymore. But like, I love the hoodies, you know, and, and hoodies and, and joggers and the feel. And he said stuff that looks like it's elevated, you know, in yeah. quality, but still exceptional value. But what are some of your favorites? Like what can guys rock and feel good, you know, at our stage? Okay, so, so now you're now you're really getting to the nitty gritty of why I think what makes municipal unique and cool is we our team has spent so much time to make the purchase decision for people out there completely effortless. And what I mean by that is you can get as hyped as you want with our brand on the on the extreme. And uh, Lev, one of our, our, our co-founders is like in that camp. So he'll go super hyped with his look. Um, and he doesn't have to sacrifice anything for comfort because our, we think our stuff is the most comfortable stuff in the world. Or you can go as, as conservative and toned down as you'd like with the brand and if you're somebody that wants to play somewhere in between, and here's the kind of the cool part is everything that we make goes with everything else. Um, and so that's, that's like the magic and the science behind it. So like on a day like today, uh, if you, if we were doing a video call, I've got on night camo utility pants, which is our, our pant night camo. I have on a lava hoodie. So I've got orange on top of the night camo. That's pretty hyped. That's pretty hyped for me. So I'm feeling a little, I know that I'm hyped. So I I typically would want to go a little more toned down than that. But by virtue of being at Municipal, I know that look actually works really well together. Um, On another day, you may see me just in, if I'm going to work, I may be wearing just a, a charcoal, a charcoal jogger and a, a black, um, a black crew neck pullover. And that's like super toned down. Nobody's going to look at me in, in Starbucks picking up my coffee. Like, what is that guy wearing? That's cool. Nobody's going to say that, but I'm super comfortable. So that's, <laughs> that's what I think is like, 
it's really one of the fun things about the job is, um, and Lev says this too, is like, we, we're, we can make a lot of people feel and look cooler than they ever have in their life without feeling like a, feeling like they're trying hard. Mm. I love it. And I, I, this has I been... mean, think about all those guys out there that are, you know, 35 to 45 that, um, and we've seen that too with our purchases. A lot of our purchases have been from significant others because we just have a men's line now because they want their dudes to look good without looking, you know, cheesy. It's, it's really interesting. You say that, especially as a mar- as a marketing guy too. Um, you know, I initially thought even with the midwife mail, the podcast, the newsletter brands and everything, obviously the, the audience, you know, the target demographic audience is guys in our demographic, you know, right there. Okay. Yeah. And a big burgeoning, you know, consumer products, goods, demographic that's getting committed to this category and everything from apparel to skincare to everything, you know, down, down the line. Um, but exactly what you just mentioned is happening and continuing to grow each and every month, which is more messages, more emails, more subscribers that are from, that are female, that are women that are asking questions um, so that they can talk to their significant others, boyfriends, husbands, second husbands, whatever it may be, you know, in there, yeah. in there about looking better, you know, dressing a little bit better, eating a little bit better, take this, don't take that, buy this versus buy that, or I've got to buy a gift, you know, all of those things in there. And again, I find that very relevant, very interesting, and and also back to that word again, very accessible um, in that we just want to help people get better. You know, our wives want us hopefully to, to, to look and perform and feel better. You know, um, we want to do the same back and people are becoming much more open to ask and seek out what actually really works back to the very beginning of this. Hey, Lionel walks into my garage, he's rocking municipal and it's like, okay, I know you, I trust you. Um, we're about the same age. Tell me more. Okay. I could buy that. Exactly. Gives you, gives you permission. And I think that's something Mark is, Mark does really well too, is Mark, Mark kind of shows people, especially on his social when he's wearing municipals, like, oh, that's a cool look. Um, I could pull that off and off you go. Yep. Well, you know, that third party endorsement, I think is always better than first party. Like anybody can buy an ad, you know? Exactly. And and you can write anything you want in the ad and say anything you want. But when you get real, real third party credibility, you know, from people that are out there and you said you use real people, you know, in your, in your social and you've got guys like Mark that are out there. And again, you've got that greater authenticity, you know, that's when, when the brand starts to really take shape and like mean something. Um, soup, you're a super creative guy. One of the things I looked up and I do want to be cognizant of, of where we are and, uh, um, in your background was the Callaway Talks series. Yeah. You know, back when you were over there. And yep. you really brought, and there's a lot more that you did, but you really brought some creative thinking, some new ways of, you know, marketing, non traditional content creation, you know, where you are. Uh, are you bringing that and even again elevating that, you know, to municipal? You got stuff on the drawing board or ways again to really get the brand to differentiate itself, um, you know, with, with the public. 
Yeah, we do. We have a lot of things that we're going to be doing um, pretty much starting in the next the next couple of months. And we would have loved to have done it at launch. But of course, with with having to work from home, et cetera, a lot of those plans got put on hold. Um, but there there are a lot of cool things about the brand that are coming. There's a there's a podcast series about the founding of Municipal that will be launching next year. and that's this, one of the unique things about municipal is having Steve, uh, having Levin, uh, Lev and and Mark as co-founders of the of the brand and owners of the brand is they're they're um, they're giving the brand their their production and creative expertise to help us do um, a lot of these things. So the podcast series is is from unrealistic ideas, which is their their production company. Um, we're also a featured brand in an HBO Max series that's coming out next year. And in just in the meantime, all of the topics that we just discussed about how do you how do you become a better version of yourself? Like literally, how do we demystify that for people? How do you get after that? How can we not just be a brand that is selling you the best? the coolest stuff in the world, but we're actually giving you uh, education and information and engagement about how to become a better person. That is the centerpiece of our branded content strategy. And we're slightly behind on that just because of the coronavirus, but um, playing the long game again, all that stuff's coming. So we're really, and that's really, we're really excited about that because as I mentioned before, that was the thing that was the most intriguing to us from the beginning, besides just making making cool sport utility gear, was being able to engage with people in these concepts and um, and uh, topic verticals that really put the the teeth behind what we think it it means to live this municipal lifestyle. Mm. I think it's uh, I think it's awesome, and I think that uh, for a third act, you know, if you will, yeah. um, this will fast become kind of a maybe back to the first one, you know. Again, this this can be something really, really unique and really special. Um, I loved hearing your story. I love the evolution of your career, your personal journey, where you're at right now, and getting municipal go not only up and going. Um, but just, just really blowing and going, you know, with the brand, um, and learning, you know, more about that. It's just fascinating stuff to me, the balance, the timing of it all personally and professionally. So thank you so much for, for sharing that, uh, with us, Harry, I really, really appreciate your time and your insight and expertise on everything we talked about. Oh, it was my pleasure, Greg. I really appreciate you having me. And I love talking about this stuff and, um, also, thanks for thinking of us because, um, as as I said before, when you're starting something, I'm just so grateful to have people like you that are seeing what we're doing and wanting to give us a platform to tell our story. Now, it is it is my pleasure. Quintessential midlife male story right here. Um, Marks as well. Where do people find municipal? Let's not get off before we talk about where they can go find municipal and get their municipal. That's the easiest of all. It's just municipal.com. So go to municipal.com. And obviously we're on every social 
platform to municipal on Instagram, municipal co, I believe on Twitter are kind of our main ones and, and Facebook also, but municipal.com is our website and um, we appreciate it. Thank you. Harry Arnett, municipal guys, check it out. If you like what you hear on the podcast, please uh, leave a good review out there. Give us that five-star rating. It really helps to keep the midlife mail movement blowing and going. If you've got ideas for guests, questions you want me to ask, uh, things that I didn't cover with Harry that you want to know, just shoot me, uh, shoot me an email at gshineman at gmail.com or just hit me up through the website, gregshineman.com. Until next week, Harry, hang with me for one minute. Let's just make sure this thing uploads properly. I have screwed that up before. All right. And uh, guys, until next week, thank you so much. Thank you.